Hey, today I'm going to talk about how five properties can change your life forever. I get asked all the time, how many properties should I buy in order to be successful or to have enough money to be comfortable in life? So I thought I'd do up a video showing you how you can live the rest of your life with five properties and be uber happy. If you don't know me, I'm the Dave from Investor Mal and Dave, and together we have purchased over 240 units using none of our own money and no joint venture partners in Canada, US, Costa Rica, and Mexico. Now let's dive in. So if you like today's video and like how I break things down on the whiteboard, subscribe to the channel and hit the bell to get notified. So today I'm going to talk about how you can buy five properties and change the entire outcome of your life with three different methods from those five properties. The reason I'm going through this is because not everyone wants to have hundreds of units. Not everyone wants to have hundreds of tenants. Not everyone wants to buy dozens and dozens or hundreds of buildings. Some people strictly want X amount of money and want X amount of buildings. And I chose five, you can add in whatever number you want, but I'll just show you the three concepts that you can utilize in order to purchase real estate, recycle, rinse and repeat this method with these five properties to have cash flow for the rest of your life. Number one is actually going to be the cash flow. Okay. So this is the cash flow from these five different properties. So cash flow. Now let's make up some numbers here. Let's say you buy five properties and they all produce $500 a month income, right? So five properties, $500 a month cash flow, which is some people might say, Dave, that's huge cash flow. Where do you find that? Some people might say, I wouldn't buy a property that only makes $500. I'm just using examples here, but let's say if you were to look into a tertiary market or markets that have higher cash flow, you could absolutely find deals that make $500 a month cash flow. Okay. So $500 a month times your, and I know you guys already did the math in your head here, times five deals, right? Equals 25, whoops, $2,500 a month. Okay. Not 25,000 Dave, come on. Now, how could your life be different with $2,500 a month? All right. And buying five properties, some people might think that is a huge reach. In our Action Family Mentoring Program, people can definitely buy five programs using creative financing, okay? Okay, so $2,500 a month in cash flow. Now look at this. So $2,500 times 12 months, $30,000 a year, okay? This equals, right, times 12. This equals 30K a year. Who couldn't use $30,000 a year? I could, I'm sure you could, I'm sure everyone could use an extra $30,000 a year. And this is going to be from passive income, such as real estate, right? These five properties making you $500 a month and you can change this. This could be $200 a month. This could be a thousand dollars a month. You choose what type of properties you want to buy. Now I'm just showing you this exercise and this concept with this number, but this is what I want to show you. So this is one way that real estate can actually provide money is through the cash flow from these five properties right? $30,000 a year can change your life, can put you into a totally different class of lifestyle of living. You'll be, that's a car a year. You could buy a vehicle for $30,000 or let's say that's uh, your kid's education, right? That's, you could buy these five properties and send your child to school. Boom. With the cash flow from those properties. Insert here, whatever you're looking for, this $30,000 can pay for something in your life. And that is all through having these five properties. Moving along to number two, number two is going to be refinancement. 
let's just keep it short, refi. So this, okay, and this is the cool thing I love about the five property concept. Typically, you should be able to refinance a property every five years. I don't see why you could not do so, sometimes even shorter, right? Sometimes you might be in a hot market, you can refinance it after two years, three years, four years, but typically, right, I'm saying typically, you should not have an issue refinancing that property in those five years. Now let's kind of play this out. Property two, one, two, three, four, and I have terrible handwriting. Well, let's play this out, okay? Let's look at different types of properties that you might be able to do along the way. I'm not gonna follow this one, two, three, four, five sequentially. I'm just gonna kind of talk about it overall. So let's go through some examples of the different properties that you can utilize in the different years in order to maximize all five properties. So let's start off with, let's say you buy as, a, as an investor, you buy a property, it's multifamily and it's turnkey. And the rents are already at the, the top. You don't really have to do anything. That's why I said turnkey. And let's say it's in a tertiary market or a secondary market. This means that you're gonna get, you're gonna get a lot more cash flow every single month, but the value might not go up as quickly as in a hot market. So buildings like this, you can have a more of a long-term play. And look at this. Let's say if you buy it, let's say we put this in your fifth year. Let's just make up something. Let's say you buy a turnkey building, high rent, so you're still getting your cash flow, might be over 500 whatever you decide to, to purchase. And then on the fifth year, you know that odds are by the time the fifth year comes around and your term is due, you're going to get the appraiser in, the financial institution will get the appraiser in and have a much higher valuation. So on that year, on that year five, you're going to be getting a big refinance coming out. Okay, that's gonna be a very attractive deal while you cash float all of that. So this could be a, let's say a turnkey um, in a secondary market. So that could be your five-year refinance plan, okay? So that is one that in year five, you know it's a turnkey, secondary market, tertiary market, you know it's gonna be all day, all night, it's gonna be worth more five years down the road, and that'll be your refi income in that year. All right, let's go to year four. Year four, let's say you purchased something in year one and it had long-term tenants, uh, you knew you had to do a lot of work over, over the years. Once the tenants moved out, you had creative financing on the deal and you knew that eventually, and make up what, whatever type of number of units you want, let's say it's a fiveplex. And let's say you knew that tenant one was eventually gonna move out when they left school or when they graduated school. Tenant two was eventually gonna move out when uh, they needed a bigger place. And right, insert here. So you knew eventually once enough tenants turned over or you were able to get the rent up by enough money that at some point you would be able to pull the trigger on a new appraisal and a refinance. So let's just put it in year four. Again, I'm just keeping this loose to show you examples on how you can make money on refinances every year. So let's say this one was that multifamily that required more of a, uh, a long-term uh, burr. So it is kind of a burr, but it's more of a long-term burr where it's not just vacant, okay? So let's say that could be the one in your fourth year, right? That could be a project that you approach that is very attractive to a lot of people, still provides you cash flow every single month, and you know in year four, I'm gonna have a big refi because I'm going to increase the income, reduce the expenses, reposition, and uh, stabilize the asset. All right, next up, number three. Let's say in year three you decide that uh, you wanted a short-term rental. So in year number one, you purchased a short-term rental, which is basically VRBO, Airbnb, everyone knows that, and you want to cash flow from the beginning. 
but you're going to want to show the financial institutions a track record long enough. And I'm not saying all financial institutions need that, but let's say you as the investor want to have a long enough track record to show, hey, my high seasons have been this for the last three years. My low seasons have been this. I have this amount of income. My net operating income has been solid over the last three years. I think that, and the numbers won't lie, obviously that the appraisal should be what it is and I should get a refinance. So on year three, if you're thinking ahead to there, you might want to do, and let's just do this, short term rental. Okay, and again, if you're thinking about this in year one, you're able to purchase this short term rental knowing that eventually at some point that refinance is going to become a reality. You're going to be able to take out money at that point, have that refi money from the asset, which is going to be your big sum of money for that year and I'm putting it year three again these are all interchangeable now number two let's chat about something that will take enough time but not too much time okay so I'm thinking of doing a multi-family that is a little short term on the actual turnaround on the actual coming to fruition so let's say for example you were to purchase and I'll write here a multi-family which is probably like a let's say a one-year uh, burr so for example, let's say, let's just use the same example that we did down here, but let's speed things up. And this will all depend when you're underwriting deals and looking at them to see which one makes sense into which one of your five years. Okay. So let's say this one, let's just make it up. Let's say it's a duplex and you know that the tenants are going to be leaving soon. You're going to be able to increase the income and reduce the expenses. However, let's say you're able to do it today. You increase the income, reduce the expenses. However, the financial institution you're looking at requires you to have a 12 month seasoning period, which means the asset, even though you've lifted it in value and gotten the income up, the financial institution still wants to see, they'll call it a bunch of different things, seasoning period. They want the trailing 12. They'll call it basically just meaning they want to see the track record, not from day one when it happened. They want to be able to have a year under its belt showing the last 12 months produced XYZ. Now we feel comfortable giving you a refinance uh, amount on it. So I'm putting this in the number two slot. If you bought it on year one, you could say, you know what? These two people will move out. I'll do what I have to do. I'm going to burr it. And then 12 months, 18 months, six months down the road. Again, I'm just kind of giving you numbers here. You will be able to go to the financial institution, get the new appraisal, get the refinance. That could be your year two refinance large sum of money. Now let's go to year one. This is going to be a little bit opposite of what I just said for year number two, but let's say you decide to do a flip. Okay, so let's say you decide to flip something and this could be a lot of different things. This could either be, let's say you buy a gut job house. It's totally empty or a gut job multifamily. It's totally empty and you now want to be able to flip it, right? You want to go do just like they do on TV, new bathroom, new kitchen, take down walls, new floor paint, all of that stuff. Well, these flips are the ones that are going to be the most amount of work up front, right? Getting all this stuff done with the quickest return. And I just want to kind of deviate a little bit from the refi, but I'll come back to it. You could also sell this. So if you're doing like a gut job that's going to take two, three, four, five, whatever months, you could have a quick flip and get a large sum of money, which will be selling, I know, instead of refinancing. I'm just giving you other options. Now to stick to the refinance, you could do something where in year one, you could get construction loans. Right? You could get money where people, and this will depend on the financial institution, you could get loans that actually fund your flip, and then you could actually get bridge financing that will get you to this one year mark. And I know I'm talking about a lot of different things here, but just to simplify it, if you do buy a flip in year one, 
you can have different products from different institutions on the asset. So let's say you're doing a construction loan. They're gonna give you X amount towards the purchase price and the renovation for the actual flip. Okay, let's say that gets you into, I don't know, month four of the first year. And then at month four, you say, okay, I've done this now, I wanna get out of my construction loan, and now I might wanna do a bridge loan or bridge financing to get me to that second year mark because the bank is gonna want that seasoning period. So now you could do bridge financing where they will allow for some equity takeout and a refi, where again, it might not be the biggest sum of money that you get, but it could still be a sum of money from a refinance in your first year if you decide to go that route. All right, I hope this all makes sense so far. Hopefully I'm not talking too fast, clear as mud, but let's go into the next one, the third one, and that is the personal net worth. Let's keep it short here. Let's do P and W. Let's say you have one property. Okay, you have one property and it's worth a million bucks. And I'm gonna oversimplify this a lot, okay? And let's say you have $800,000 mortgage on it or 80% loan to value. That spread, that equity that you have in the deal is part of your personal net worth. And I'm just talking real estate. I know some people will say, well, what about my registered funds? What about my pension? What about the money in my bank account? My other assets, my vehicles, uh, other, other liabilities that I have. I'm just strictly, strictly talking about real estate. Let's keep it on, on a high level here. So in this example on the personal net worth, your PNW, not BMW, PNW, <laughs> which might be able to help you buy, anyway, a BMW, cheesy, but on bump, would be $200,000. We're all clear on that? Okay, good. So personal net worth, quick and dirty way of showing you how to calculate it, you'd be worth $200,000, which is your equity in the deal. So now let's take the personal net worth and apply it to the five different property strategy that you can implement and see how your personal net worth is actually going to be able to help you get financing and help yourself overall financially. So the personal net worth, let's say you have the five properties now, again, and I know if you're asking Dave, how do you do that? It's with creative financing other people's money, okay? That's how you buy a lot of properties, that's how we were able to do it, and that's how we teach people to do it, is creative financing allows you to scale. It's night and day compared to traditional financing. It's a whole other side of banking, okay? So the personal net worth, let's say you have property number one, two, three, four, five. I started off with squares and I didn't continue. I noticed too, don't worry. So let's say you have these five properties, okay? And, and year number one, I'm just making things up here. Your, your equity in the deal, right? It's, it's, it's strictly the appraisal value or appraised value minus the equity. Uh, let's say in year number one, uh, you were doing the flip, right? And I'm going back to this loose type of graph. You were doing the flip and you, let's just make something up. Let's say in all these buildings you had $500,000 equity, okay? And again, I'm just making up numbers here. In year two, let's say you did the multifamily burr, you got a new finance, or you got a new mortgage, and you might say, well, Dave, if I got a new higher mortgage, wouldn't my cash flow go down? I know that's a question I get a lot. Your cash flow might go down, but the only reason they approved the higher refinance was because your income was actually higher. So it's kind of that, uh, not chicken and the egg, but they only approve the higher mortgage because the income is higher. So it should stay relatively the same. Now, let's say in year two, again, you have all the five buildings. I won't draw my square and half circles here again, but let's say in year two, you now have this refinance, things went well, 
and all the other buildings uh, increased over time. And now you're up to, let's just make something up, 650K, right? So year over year with these five assets, your personal net worth is going up. And let's say year number three, I don't know why I wrote it so far away. <laughs> year number three, short-term rental, maybe you go refinance it. Maybe the short-term rental market, you've had awesome uh, success with it. They see the value in it. You're able to provide them that track record. And I don't know, let's add another 200K to that. So let's go, I'll try and shorten the bridge or shorten the gap here. 850K, you see where I'm going here? Uh, fourth year, you have this, the multifamily burr, the six units that you finally flipped over. Let's say you get a huge refinance, and this has happened to me in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then year number four, the multifamily goes well, those six units, the market continues to go up. Let's say you get a uh, $300,000 uh, bump in personal net worth, okay? Now you're a what? You're a one point, what is that, one five, yeah, 1.15. Remove the K, you're in the mills now, right? In year five, like, let's just continue. Let's say all the properties continue to go up. Uh, you refinance them, you have money in your pocket, the values continue to go, it appreciates. Let's just say in year five, you have 1.3, okay? 1.3 million. Now I know you're thinking, Kitty, this all sounds awesome. The personal net worth went up. How, the, how does this help me? Well, if you look at this, the financial institutions, depending which one you use, they will look at your personal net worth. I just signed this week another letter of engagement where I needed to provide my personal net worth. Funny little fact here is I've never once had to provide my grades. However, on deals that I do, I have to provide my personal net worth. Just a little tidbit there. Now this helps sweeten the deal. If you're going in the two different types of assets, you can have a, uh, where they look at you, where they're, they look at an individual based uh, lending, right? Where let's say the financial institution, they will look at your deal, but they will look at you. They'll look at your income, your expenses, your uh, uh, total debt service ratio, total debt to income, and then they'll still look at your personal net worth. Can this person, does this person have the ability to pay? Then they look at the deal, okay? And then on the other side, the flip side of that is asset-based lending or equity-based lending they are lending on the asset itself, right? They're looking at the deal first, they wanna make sure that a debt services, all of that. Okay, total night and day, then they look at you to see, hey, how are things going and uh, are there any red flags? Should we not lend to this person, right? So it's kinda of night and day. But the personal net worth, they still look at in both scenarios. So why is it important? Because this will eventually help you in your overall financial uh, endeavors. And who doesn't want a higher personal net worth? At the end of the day, you started off, and again, this is all made up numbers, you started off with 500 and you almost increased by a mil. You just increased by $800,000 in personal net worth over five years because you bought five properties. Okay, you see where I'm going with this? The five properties can help you so much more. And then think, I just broke down these five years, restart over again. This property on year five or on year six, whatever you wanna do, refinance it again and then wait another five years, refinance this one in five years, refinance this one. So again, it's always one property a year out of the five and you continue to get these massive refinances every single year. You continue to get cash flow every single month and then the personal net worth, I wanna finish with the cherry on top. Cross collateralization. You can now start using the equity in the deals that you have to buy other properties, to cross collateralize them. You hear what I'm saying? You can use the, like, the money that you can't touch right here, that the institutions don't let you, that is part of your personal net worth, 
they will look at that as equity in the deal and they can cross collateralize. Again, I'm not a mortgage broker, but I've dealt with enough of them. And I'm just saying that you can't go 100% of the value in all this, but I'm just saying that you can utilize some of the equity in your properties, in your personal net worth to cross collateralize or be able to guarantee other debt, right? So that is something that again, and this is, this is the thing I love about real estate. Every single month, typically on the norm, and I know some of you are gonna put in the comments that, well, what happens in a recession, things go down. Real estate always goes up. Are there peaks and valleys? Absolutely, just like anything else, but it always goes up, okay? So every single month, you're getting that, we had come up with what, $2,500 a month cash flow? Think about this, real estate is one of the only things that does this. Every single month, typically on the norm, you pay your mortgage, if you're principal and interest, and that mortgage, MTG, goes down. Every single month, you cash flow, what you owe on the property goes down, okay? And because the market's an appreciation, let's just put, uh, yeah, not have, appreciation. Every single month, the money you owe goes down, the value goes up. Real estate is one of the only things that I know of that does this. Like that's absolutely amazing. So not only just on the five properties concept that you could do basically, uh, you, you could recycle that for the rest of your life. This is also in assets that going down, going up while you do, no, while you do this. I was trying to be smooth. I was trying to get it without looking. You caught me, but without, uh, while, while providing you this. So in conclusion, this is why, in my opinion, if you were to buy five properties, you could continuously have cash flow, continuously have massive refinances, and continuously continue to increase your personal net worth, which is recyclable and reusable in every five year period, right? Just refinance one every five years. Now, full disclosure, I am not an accountant, lawyer, mortgage broker, anything like that. So please do your own due diligence when going into different investment types like this. You should be knowledgeable and make sure to do all of your due diligence all the time on every single asset or income producing asset that you purchase. All right, well, that's a wrap. Hopefully you enjoyed the video and I'll see you in the next one.